What's up, guys? Welcome to Rice Cakes and Pears. Hope you guys are doing well. Today's guest, we have Hal Walker. Hal Walker is a musical phenom from Kent, Ohio. This dude plays instruments that I've never even heard of, like the Bonacula, the cane. I don't even know if I said that right, but this nope. dude... <laughs> <laughs> what what is it actually called the can the can the melodious oh, can dude that's epic so <laughs> bonacula he goes by the name of bonacula on tiktok he has over a million followers um this dude million point six, 1. Yeah, 1.6 million just to be word. exact to be exact <laughs> exactly and so i mean before we get into it on a serious note like how has a rare condition called ME-CFS. I know CFS stands for chronic fatigue syndrome, but I can't even pronounce ME. How do you even say that? How? Myalgic encephalomyelitis. And by the way, it's not a rare condition. It's actually a fairly not rare condition. I don't know, no. the, I don't know the facts, but there are a lot of people living with this undiagnosed. Okay. Would you, would you say it's more of just a mystery illness than a rare yeah, condition? Yeah, mystery illness, difficult to diagnose. Um, you know, long COVID is actually bringing a lot of attention to chronic fatigue syndrome. Dang. And so all the people living with MECFS are happy about long COVID because it's bringing some attention to our cause. Well, I mean, I know you've brought a lot of attention to it since your TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been pretty open about it on social media. Yeah, I'm sure it's connected you with a lot of people. Yeah, and the first challenge is getting people to uh, say the name. It's myalgic encephalomyelitis. It's actually kind of fun to say when you when you master it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I could see you doing some sort of song with it. Yeah, that's I was, a I was laughing at. Are we allowed to say bad words <laughs> was, on this episode? Yeah. So <laughs> I I personally like don't really cuss, but my my goal isn't to tell people not to cuss. So if you want to speak how you feel, you speak how you feel. Well, I was laughing at your your recent yeah, podcast my, <laughs> how you were saying it. Yeah, you I will say, say it. it. I, I I have this recent pod. I have a podcast called Living in a Body, and I'm referring to chronic fatigue syndrome. I say myalgic encephalo fucking myelitis <laughs> and chronic fuck you fatigue syndrome. I love that. It's so freaking funny. And it's it's definitely got to be accurate. accurate. That's what it's it feels a, like. It has a life of its own. It's a monster. It's a beast. It has completely transformed my life and devastated me in many ways. Yeah, dude. And I mean, the biggest, one of the biggest reasons I, I wanted to get you on here, one, I think your story is insane. And, and I know... <clears throat> you are inspiring, but at the same time, like that comes at a cost, a sacrifice, and it's, it's hell for you. And so I want to encourage listeners here to please consider donating to Hal Walker's GoFundMe. I will link that in the description. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I think you're stud. So Hal, I'd love to kind of just dive right in and just hear your diagnosis story. Cause you've had this mystery illness for Decades? Yeah, the original correct? onset was spring of 1992. Dang, what was that like? Well, I had been a cross-country runner and a long-distance cyclist. You know, I graduated from college and immediately hopped on my bike and did a and did a six- or eight-week tour of California. A couple of times I rode to Vermont and back. And when if, if there was a mountain to climb, I would climb it. And if there was a marathon to run, I would run it. And... After a stressful period of 19, in 1992, I ran six miles one day and woke up the next day and had all these weird symptoms in my body. And that was the end, 
that was my entrance into living with chronic illness. I was 26 years old and it, it just was complete out of the blue. You know, I just, uh, I entered a new, a new reality and I've lived with really mild to moderate version of this illness for many years. That would be 30, almost 29 to 30 years. And it's insane. And a couple times I, you know, it, it ha it's really had a life of its own. It does what it wants to do. And there have been a couple periods over the last 30 years where it was worse than others, where I was more bedridden and the symptoms were more severe. But and is, is that part of the mystery, like that it just yeah, fluctuates? Yeah, part of the like mystery that? is it fluctuates. It, it it does whatever it wants to do. Like people say, do you get better? People on TikTok say, will you get better? And I say, well, I'm either going to get better, get worse, or stay the same. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll say, well, you look know, great. You look great. Exactly. You look you awesome. Look <laughs> you got cool glasses, Hal. I know. People have been saying that for years. You look great. And it's like, thank you. <laughs> but right. But 2021, it for, for whatever reason, it uh, it took a severe turn for the worst. And I went through a about a five month period of, of constantly worsening symptoms, which was traumatic and, uh, and frightening. And, and here I am today, a little bit leveled off. Like I'm, I'm not in the constant drop getting worse, but I'm 90% bedridden. I am grateful to be able to sit up in my bed and do work, but I need care. You know, I can't, I can't go downstairs and make my own meal, which is just, really rough at the age of 56. Yeah, that's not supposed to happen when you're 56. And by the way, I look I look uh 39, you know. <laughs> I'm 56, <laughs> I feel like I'm 75. I mean, and honestly, I look yeah, you do. Like I go to my <laughs> last I had a college reunion uh several years ago and I was very ill at the time with this illness. But I looked great and I showed up at the college reunion and you know, all these guys are bald and they're fat and they're <laughs> Yeah, dude, you got the hair, and bro. I'm, and I look, you know, ten years younger than or twenty years younger than everybody else, but I but I was really <laughs> feel it, but I was really quite ill. So it's a it's a hidden it's a hidden illness. Yeah, dude. And uh you have a daughter, right? Hallie. I have a twenty three twenty three year old daughter, yeah. Twenty four. Wait, twenty is she 24? What is it? 20 <laughs> is it 2022 right now? Yeah, what year is she born? I, I was born in 97. She was born in 98. Okay, so she's 24. Oh my god. <laughs> that is crazy. Give <laughs> her as 21 or 22. Yeah, dude, we're getting old, bro. <laughs> we're getting old. I don't know what's happening. And my hair's not staying oh, in like no, yours. Oh so. shit. <laughs> Does it come out in clumps or what? Or just gradual? Uh, so I've always, so my dad lost his hair when he was 24. Mm. So I've always been like extra like worried uh, about it. Uh, so I think that the stress of just worrying about it made it come out a little uh, bit earlier, yeah. but it, it doesn't really come out in clumps. I'd say it just, it just looks uh, thin. It's thinning, yeah. but I rock the hat. It's oh, whatever. Good. Yeah. I, I wear hats too, <laughs> but I do have hair coming Dude. out from underneath the hat. So. Yeah, well, th that's the illusion, too, because I got the hair on my sides, uh -huh. and then I take it off, and it's a big reveal. <laughs> Wait, uh, so did you come up with your daughter's name, Hal, Hallie? Uh, you know, I think the story is this. She she came out. We didn't have a name for her. She was born, 
And at some point, the nurse said she looks like a Hallie. And we both agreed oh. that uh, she might have known my name was Hal. I don't know. I don't remember all the details. But <laughs> we stuck with that name. Her middle name is a beautiful name. It's my grandmother's name, Alvita. So her name is Hallie oh, Alvita cool. Walker. And I think it's a great name. I really enjoyed, uh, I was watching your Benefit concert. I, I really enjoyed her uh, her original song she oh did for you. Oh, my God. I know everyone. Go watch that. Go watch Dear M-E-C-F-S by Hallie Walker. It's an, her first song she ever wrote, and it is a hit. Oh, it is. Uh, it just had so much passion, and, like, you could tell, like, she was pissed at M-E-C-F-S as she I should know, there's be. a line that goes, why'd you have to go and, oh, why'd you have to go and ruin the day? Why'd you have to, why'd you have to go and steal the day? Why'd you have to ruin it this way? And it's just a powerful powerful song. it is so <clears throat> how what got you into music man um well there are several different versions of that story <laughs> <laughs> which version would you like <laughs> yo let's uh, let's go with like the the general version i'm not sure what versions there are well the one version is um i'll just tell you this it was <laughs> It's, it's, it's natural. You know, it just comes naturally to me. It's like, it's my, it's my natural language. It's my natural born language. You know, I, I took 10 years of piano lessons that were kind of forced upon me and I was, and I, you know, it was all classical. I was learning classical music and, and I sang in the church choir. I always sang in the choir at school, but then I went away to college and I discovered you know, I was introduced to people from all around the country and all around the world who are doing music differently. Like there, I started taking part in drum circles and I, I met some guitar players and harmonica players and, uh, and people playing music, playing musical instruments from around the world. And my whole, and I heard Neil Young for the first time in college. And so I, in, it was really going away to college in, in Chicago that opened my eyes to, wow, there's more to music than piano lessons and singing in the choir and top 40 on the radio. <laughs> and uh, the other version of the story is that, you know, it was my junior year of college and and there was this woman I had a big crush on on the third floor and I lived, or no, I lived on the third floor. She was on the second floor. And she had this guitar-playing, long-haired boyfriend who I was so jealous Ooh, of. That's hard to compete with. I was so jealous of, and it motivated me to get going on the music. <laughs> so. Dang, what was the, the instrument you were going to play for this girl? Well, I needed... It was guitar. guitar. It was a guitar. I needed to learn the guitar, and I needed to grow <laughs> my hair long. Yeah. And I needed to... I was giving her, I was giving her these awesome harmonica lessons, like just the most passionate harmonica lessons, but so that was that. And you, uh, obviously you taught music, right? Well, I have made my living as a musician for many years. And part of my, a big part of my living has been in schools. You know, I've, I've had, I've gone, I've traveled to schools around Ohio and I work as an artist in residence or a teaching artist. So I go in and I get to, I don't have to follow a curriculum. I just bring my bring my carload of stuff with me and and make music with the kids and that's been my living for 20 years. 
So that's, that's, that's been cool. the teaching has been in schools for a little while there. I did private lessons 20 years ago, but I never, I never really thrived in that. The best part. Why do you think that is? Cause I'm not good at, I'm good at going in for a couple of days or a week and making a lot of magic mm-hmm. happen. I'm not as good at the like week after week. Here's what you do next. Here's what you do next. And then like the follow through and the, the real, just like sticking with it. Yeah. I'm really good at making magic happen really fast. That's why I'm so good at TikTok. It's like, I can make magic happen in 20 <laughs> seconds and I'm much better at like TikTok than for instance, building a whole album. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think TikTok is probably good as well because your situation's so unpredictable. You don't know how you're going to feel. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I can, yeah, with just, you know, a minute worth of music a day, I can still put music out into the world. Right. So I guess what does your day-to-day life look like right now? Well, right now I have a caretaker and a very expensive caretaker that I sickens me and I'm trying to figure out a way to to have not a non full-time caretaker. So that's my big challenge right now, but I have a caretaker. And when I wake up at about seven 30, he brings my celery juice and my carrot juice and sits it right next to me. So I just, and I have this electric bed. <laughs> it's, I'm really living in, living in just, um, what do you call it? I don't know. I'm living in comfort here, even though there's a lot of discomfort. <laughs> I press the little button on my electric bed and I sit up and then I sip on my juice and then I get started in my day. You know, I've been, I'm mostly in bed and I can still get up to use the bathroom. I can still go downstairs and I, I ride my wheelchair around downstairs. I just don't have, I have very little strength that any amount of time left out of, let out of bed is really weakens me and it's crazy. I mean, I'm used to, I'm a, a high functioning guy with lots of passions and lots of desires. And yeah, I mean, you know, I've it got seems... a garden, I've got a house that needs to be run. And yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, in college, you were mentioning you did every marathon, every other mm-hmm. thing. And I mean, for years, you've been going around making magic happen with all these cool kids with your music. So that's got to be super frustrating. Yeah, it is. But fortunately, I'm finding ways to keep myself busy. Like, uh, for one thing, I'm learning how to type. I'm taking this typing oh, nice. course because I'm I'm writing this. I'm doing these weekly um, essays or, or stories on, on Substack. And I feel like it's useful for me to be able to type because I'm doing a lot of writing. So... You know, I've found a new, I've found a new passion, which is writing stories about my life. And it's really been quite, quite fun. Well, I've, I really enjoyed, I mean, you got a new listener here with your, I guess, quote unquote podcast on your Substack. Like what's, can you tell everyone the name of your podcast? It's called living in a body. And it's, it's basically me. The, the subtitle is Hal Walker explores the creative process from his bed living with severe MECFS. So basically I get to lay here and come up with ideas about what I want to write about. And usually it's stories from my life. But the fact is I'm, I'm, I'm committed to doing it every Saturday and I can see how quickly I will run out of stories. <laughs> so I'm a little. Yeah. You might have to get some guests. I know I may have to get <laughs> some guests. You're right. 
Yeah, dude, I, I totally relate to that. Like when I started, like I felt like I was all hot, like I had all these ideas. I was actually putting episodes out like every other day. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, shoot, I should space these I, out because like I'm not going to have all these ideas forever. <laughs> I know. But I'm passionate. I mean, I love the idea of turning this into a book. If I can, if I can stick with the discipline, that's the challenge is really stick. Like I'm good at coming up with a great idea, publicizing it, making it a huge deal, telling everyone it's going to happen every week. But then, you know, a couple months later, I find something else to do. So yeah. Consistency, man. That's the the hardest hardest thing. thing. So I guess a, a question for you. I think I know the answer to this, but like, it sounds like you, because of your condition, like things are always d- difficult and you adapt some, some years, sometimes it's, it's harder to adapt than others. Have, have you always been someone who tries to make the most of your situation and, and do what you can? Oh yeah. That's, that's my specialty is like whatever. Cause I relate to that a lot. Whatever I can do. Although there was a time like in the fall where I was mostly in bed with silencing headphones on and an eye mask and unable to sit up in bed, unable to look at a screen. Oh my gosh. But even then I found ways, I found this, uh, I bought this thing called a remarkable pad, which is a a writing pad that doesn't have a bright screen. It's like writing on paper. And Hmm. that's how I, because I couldn't look at the brightness of the screen, I was looking at, I would be able to look at the screen and create there. So yeah, no matter what's going on, I generally find some way to create because I just have it. I have that creative gene that just is constantly turning. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've made some really, really cool creative projects out of these hard times. Not trying to make light of your situation, but I've been pretty impressed with what you've been able to create. Thank you. I appreciate that. So how I'd, I was reading... I think it was on your website, uh, the story of how you discovered the Bonacula. I thought it was a cool story. Would you, uh, could you share that story with us? Sure. I wish I had a Bonacula sitting right here, but I don't. Oh, dang it. I know. I'd have to go <laughs> in the other room, which is kind of a big deal. You should see me. I'm, yeah. I've got this computer desk on top of my body. And I've got <laughs> no worries. I really miss my desk. I had this beautiful desk set up. I had this office set up that I loved. And a nice desk and a nice chair and and a nice big screen. And I had my whole setup was it was it was a great setup with the keyboard next to me. Ooh. And when I got sick in the fall, I ba- basically one of my caretakers came in and tore down my office because we needed that room. What? Well, I asked for it. I wanted the room to be a laydown room. Like I wanted I wanted oh. a place where I could just just like have a pillows and just like lay on the floor so i said so she (laughs) tore that room apart it was it's devastating but and then i've been piecing trying to piece everything back together ever since then but now my office is mainly from my bed which not nearly as cool yeah the office is for chilling sleeping yeah (laughs) so so how did you discover the bonacula well, uh, the Bonacula friend of mine, drummer Joe from Stowe, went to West Africa, and and he was he was coming back through Kent. He was moving to California, but he was coming back through Kent for just a few days, 
And I was walking in downtown Kent and I saw him across the street. He had just gotten back from West Africa and he was literally walking down the street playing this instrument. It's a, it's a two balls that are tied together with a string and you juggle them and make syncopated rhythms. And it's a very visually cool effect. Oh yeah. And, and it's a great rhythm. And I ran across the street. I said, oh my gosh, what are those? And he said, they're Bonaculas. I think that's what he said. And he, he was only there for a few days. And I was just, and I said, can I, so we hooked up, we set up a time to get together. He gave me my own pair of Bonaculas. He showed me the basic rhythm. And, uh, and then he left town. And then I made, huh. then the Bonaculas became my trademark. It's like I, I made them in schools. I made thousands of pairs in schools around Ohio. My name on, on TikTok is Bonacula, and it became the centerpiece for my school program, which was called Music That Fits in Your Pocket. So I often think it's amazing how these instruments came into my life. Like I just was in the right time, right place at exactly the right time. If I hadn't seen Drummer Joe in those few days that he just happened to be back in town on his way to California, none of that, none of this would have happened. It's just amazing to me. Shout out Drummer I Joe. Know, Drummer Joe, thank you. <laughs> thank you, uh, Joe, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> so, oh, and I understand you you did like competitions of like the craziest Bonacoolas you can make with those kids, right? At different yeah, no, schools. I went, to, that was a specific, it was a Bonacool challenge I did with a bunch of homeschoolers. And oh, I nice. said, Here's, I'll give you 20 bucks. Like I, he gave me a traditional pair and I knew that wasn't going to be sustainable because I couldn't find, you know, we didn't have the, the kids in Africa gather up these seed pods from beneath the Swawa tree and there are no Swawa trees in Ohio. So I, I couldn't think of how we're going to make a modern version of this. So I threw the contest out to some fifth graders and they started coming up with great ideas. And one kid had this great idea of surrounding ping pong balls with polymer clay and That's he sick. won the contest and I've been making those ever since. I I actually was selling them for a while, but uh I've stopped selling them because it for various reasons, but Yeah. Do do you write your own music? I, I I mean from your benefit concert you sang a song that was really powerful, but do you also write more yeah, music? Yeah, I have I have a lot of a lot of songs. A lot of uh I have two albums worth of worth of my original songs and there's a bunch of more songs that have never been published. And yeah, I write a lot of my own music. Would you ever publish those songs? Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. That's what I'm doing now. Oh, cool. I mean, it's been the story of my life, just like, just not being able to follow through on getting the album out there. So now I have all this unreleased material that it's more difficult for me to make music now. So I'm putting my focus on collecting the old stuff, finding ways to put it out into the world. That's sick. Well, I'm excited for it. I I was looking on your Spotify and one of your most streamed songs is is from the instrument you play known as not the cane but the can, the can is that yeah. low key gliding. <laughs> I'm can. a I'm a one hit wonder low key gliding. <laughs> Well, and uh, well, there's a lot of like remixes, like a, almost like a trap remix of it too. Uh -huh. I remember you're kind of saying you're a little bit frustrated that they aren't giving you credit for it. 
Well, the ones on Spotify mostly have given me credit, but there, yeah. I mean, right now on Instagram, there's a, there is a remix version of my song blowing up on Instagram and there's no, there's no, um, reference to me on it. So it's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, is it the low key gliding? It's, is that what they're remixing? Yeah, they're, they're remixing low key gliding. Yeah. How did you come up with that? Well, I, I, I started playing the can, the can, that's another amazing story. How I, the can came into my life. Sick. I live in Kent, Ohio, and there's an ethnomusicology professor at Kent that specializes in music from Northeast Thailand, which is where the can is from. Ah. So I just happened to be in the right town. I grew up blowing the harmonica, and the can, by the way, is the grandmother of the harmonica. So I was, a friend of mine was house-sitting this music professor's house and for whatever reason, I went over to his house. I think he was transcribing some music for me. And over in the corner, I saw this instrument. I was like, oh my gosh, what's that? And I picked one <laughs> up and right away I blew a few harmonica rhythms into it. And it was almost like low-key gliding from day one because the my fingers just fell into this very natural position, which is the low-key gliding position. Oh, that's that's actually a position that you would play. Yeah, it's it's in. the fingering. It's a it's an instrument of fingering, and when I lay my hands naturally on the can, they they fall naturally into low key into position to play the chords for low key gliding. So anyway, Dang. I um, I picked up this instrument, and right away I was just like, oh my god, I have to have one of these, and I ended up traveling to remote villages of Northeast Thailand with Dr. Miller, who was this, is this ethnomusicology professor. And, uh, and I am now the renowned, the most well-known can player <laughs> in the world. Let's All go. Thanks to that visit to Dr. Miller's house that one day. Shout out Dr. <laughs> Miller. Dr. <laughs> Miller, yeah. <laughs> Big shout out off to tag him on Instagram. He's not on Instagram. He's, <laughs> he's retired and uh, <laughs> he's living his living best, his life, best huh? life. He travels back and forth from the U.S. to Thailand, which is what I want to do. If, if I had the life I want, I would be a world traveler. I'd, right now, because of my success with low-key gliding, I would buy a van or a bus and I would travel the U.S. going to every college campus in the u.s and playing low-key gliding but instead Dude. i'm bedridden damn it would you kind of describe yourself as like a free spirit because just hearing that you'd like want to travel the country in a van i'm definitely a free spirit like i was never a guy that was willing to go get a job like i graduated from college and there was no way i was going to go get a job i mean i've found i've made i've figured out jobs along the way but i was never <laughs> the kind of guy that was going to go have to get a job I had I just made it up on my own. That's kind of seems like what you're doing right yeah, now that's too. That's what I'm doing right <laughs> now, yeah. Dude, what was it like talking with Chris Martin from Coldplay? Well, it was cool. He's a cool guy, man. He is He seems super he genuine. Is super genuine and super friendly and him, we had several phone conversations and he's just I'm still intimidated by him. Like he said I got a text from him a few weeks ago and he said, let's talk sometime, but I'm scared to call him Dang. because it's like, when, 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 
Like I'm going to leave the ball in your court. <laughs> I should probably, I should call. But that was the that was another great thing that happened for me. I mean, all these timings. I was I was having a really bad day in the fall, like wondering mm-hmm. whether or not I was going to survive. And Chris Martin reached out to me last year because the, the band saw my stuff on Instagram and they liked it. So one day I got a message from Chris Martin's manager saying, Chris Martin would like to give you a call. So he and I had this relationship and then I was going through this really rough time and I just out of the blue, I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to text Chris Martin and tell him what's going on. So I told him that I was, you know, really struggling and his response to my text was, I'll call you in 10 minutes. No freaking way. And he called me in 10 minutes. We had the nicest conversation. He said, is there anything I can do? And I said, well, I'm having this benefit concert on in January. Would you play at the benefit concert? He said, yes, definitely. I'd love to. Wow. And, uh, and he, you know, he played, a, he, he played a song at the benefit concert. And so apparently I could call him anytime I want, but I'm, I'm still <laughs> nervous. You know, I don't want to overstay my welcome. Yeah. I mean, I keep, I see the guy all over. Like he's just, he's so huge. He can do anything he wants. Have you ever seen him in concert or did you listen to Coldplay? No, I, before, before this, I had never really listened to Coldplay, but now I'm a huge Coldplay fan. I mean, they're, yeah. they're amazing. It's so good. I actually got to see him in concert in 2016 mm. and it was like probably the coolest concert ever. Really? One of the things they do is like when you go in, it was at, I, I'm from Dallas, Texas. So I was at the Dallas Cowboys stadium cause they're that big. And, uh, on the entry, they give you like this wristband with like an led sort of light on it. And everyone in the stadium, the, the light and the colors would change according to the sound or the, the song that was playing. So like for yellow, it was like a yellow light and it would go to the beat of the song. Oh and it was just so gosh. sick. And of course, Chris Martin's super like in, in between songs. He's just talking with the crowd, and he's just super oh cool. Oh my god! I know. That guy lives yeah. a dream, lives a fantasy life. Yeah, dude, dude, you got to call him. <laughs> I know. At some point, I, I know. But that's that's the thing. Like I, well, like what are you gonna what say? What am I gonna to? say? Like when when we were talking, it was just like a, talking to a normal guy. Like we actually had an extended normal conversation, like just two guys. But I, thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know what I would say. Like, I'm. <laughs> How is breakfast? How is breakfast? <laughs> What'd you eat? <laughs> Dang, dude, that's that's pretty insane. Uh, I guess to kind of wrap it up, how I'd love to kind of maybe hear like, how do you get yourself back up? I know you kind of talked about how you're just always doing creative things, but when you feel really down, like, what helps you get back up? Well, I guess that's not the best choice of words. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is I, I, I show up for another day and I, I've done a lot of reaching out, like done a lot of reaching out to my friends and for help. Like I was, I really was needing help when I was, when I was taking this dive of health. And I got mm-hmm. on the phone every day, just like calling everybody I know saying, you know, I need help. Like I'm dying over here. Was that difficult for you to do? No, to not ask for help? I mean, yeah, it's, it's generally difficult, but I was in such a state where I was, 
it was not difficult at yeah. the time. When I'm doing pretty well, it's difficult. But at the time, I was like, um, I was really desperate. Dang. I'm glad to say I'm not as desperate right now. Yeah, man. I I mean, I'm I'm glad for sure, and I, I hope that we don't go down another. I know. Like another step. Yeah, honestly, but. I guess to wrap it up, man, I just wanted to thank you for coming on. Thank you for spending time. This, I don't, I speak so casually. My voice is kind of chill, but like, I don't know how serious I can make this. Like it's really affects how guys, whoever's listening, please donate to his GoFundMe that it, it'll help with medical expenses. It's, it's not expenses. cheap caretakers, all, all the expensive stuff. <laughs> But Hal, thank you so much for coming on, Zach. Man. This was Chilling. really fun. Thanks, you're fun. You're easy to talk to. Oh, thanks, dude. I, that's what I should do. I should call. I should see if Chris Martin will be on my podcast. Wouldn't that be? But see, that's me. Dude, that's me he, asking him. He for, would do that. Know, he might, but I don't want to ask him for things. I know what you mean, though. Like you don't want to. You want to be genuine. Like you don't want to use know, somebody. I want to use somebody, but I'm the same way, man. It feels weird, like. I like every guest that I have on, I try to like afterwards, I, I don't want to ask anything more because they just gave mm. me their time yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just gotta be natural, but I'm sure I bet you could you do it in a natural way though. We'll see. I'll let you know. Yeah. That, that might definitely give my living in a body, a little spike of attendance. Dude, totally. <laughs> All right, Zach. Thanks everyone for listening. And shout out to all the sick people who are, don't have the strength to do this. You know, don't have the strength to tell their own story. And really, there's a lot of people out there that are really struggling. True that, man. Well, Hal, I, I hope you have a good rest of your day, all man. Right, buddy. See ya. Bye.